TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. So we have been actually welcoming refugees from the very first days of the war. And they, they would come to our Chabad house. They would need a shelter, would need a place to stay, would need to eat. Some of them would need their medical help. More and more people are coming. Many people are coming every day. Some of them in a very organized way that uh, we have communities from Ukraine who are sending uh, higher buses. But some of them are coming in an individual way. And there are many, many individual cases who take from, that, from us a lot of effort. And you just heard the voice of Rabbi Shalom Bear. Stambler, he's the Chabad rabbi in Poland. We're speaking to him live. He just came back from commemorating Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Memorial Day in Auschwitz. So in addition to doing that, he also is helping the refugees from Ukraine that are now in Poland. But we're first going to begin by looking at what happened today with Yom HaShoah. So Rabbi Stambler, thank you for joining us. Welcome. My Thank you for calling me. So, I know today was a very busy day because Yom HaShoah, there's March of the Living. Usually about ten or 12,000 or more people come to Poland to commemorate the Holocaust. Tell us about this year because you know, they go to Auschwitz and other concentration camps. So this year, I would assume between the war and COVID, it probably was less people. Yes, it was less people. I think they concentrated this time only on people from Europe, from England, although... There were some delegations from the United States, from uh, Philadelphia, from uh, San Diego, from New Jersey, from New York, but uh, it was much smaller. Of course, it, of course, it was over there, Phyllis Heinzman with her husband, Richard Heinzman, which is the international chairman of the March of the Living. They live in Washington, D.C. But in general, it was a smaller scale. It was about probably 3,000 people or something like that. So, yeah, it was a little bit weaker. Uh, although uh, it was for the last two years of the COVID, it was not at all. Uh, it was like uh, no, no march of the living. Now it's the first time since the COVID after two years. But uh, it was very exciting and touching and meaningful. There was uh, the Mr. Edward Mossberg, which is a Holocaust survivor, 96 years old. And he, he was telling his moving story of his life. And, uh, and uh, anyone who spoke today on the event, including the Polish president, Mr. Buda, who was attending the march and walking all the, all the way of the march with us, everybody mentioned the story, the situation in Ukraine with Russia. Mr. Buda, the president, mentioned that actually Mr. Putin was here more than one time in uh, international events uh, related to Auschwitz. And everybody knows that the Russians, the Red Army, actually liberated this place, this horrible place of Auschwitz. And therefore the question is much stronger, how come that the Russians who liberated Auschwitz behave today 
the way they behave towards Ukraine. So this was in the background of almost every speech from different circles and different views. Now, you can imagine that Ukraine, as you mentioned, has been on the minds of everybody that's there. Is there a concern for safety of Jews and everybody in Poland? Because what happened was Russia cut off the gas supplies to Poland. There's talk about maybe Russia invading Poland. I've heard that. Are you concerned that things may escalate, that the community, Poland itself, including the Jewish community, are in danger from Russia now? I wouldn't say that it has anything to do with the Jewish community, but the general public of Poland, you know, uh, the, this issue of Russia is on the headlines and in the background. And uh, it's serious. People are it's in, under the mind of everybody in different uh, ways and scales. Uh, but uh, behind that, beside that, there is about 5 million refugees that left Ukraine. It's an unprecedented number. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Since the World War II, it was not such a situation. And it's here in the countries which is neighboring Poland, bordering with Poland. And Poland itself is uh, flooded with Ukrainian refugees. I believe that half of the refugees who left Ukraine are in Poland. Warsaw is full of its refugees. So, what is it? A challenging situation. Now you can imagine. And you're, yeah. I know you're feeding them, you're taking care of them. I saw videos of you giving, taking care of not just of their physical needs, but their spiritual needs. I saw a bris milah circumcision for those coming in from Ukraine that had a baby. So your plate is really full. Yes. We have a serious, meaningful play, uh, play in this whole situation. We were not ready, we were not prepared for that. But uh, since the outbreak of the war, we started to get phone calls from both sides of the border for people that are, they want to cross the border soon and ask us to help, and people that crossed already and called us and asked, listen, where should we go, this city, other city, and we were not prepared at all. So after a few days that we got phone calls and people started to come because they know Chabad and so on, so we immediately set up a, a control center, what's, uh, how do you say to me, in Hebrew, Hamal, which is a room for emergency... A command center. It's called, a, it's called a command center. Command center, exactly. So immediately we hired some volunteers with a command center, with telephones and computers, and started to, to try to get some kind of uh, of, a, of information and control what's going on here. And when we saw that we were flooded with people and they need food, they need eat, to eat, they need a place to stay, you know, you're in the middle of the day and if a, a lady comes to you with children, without children, and say, listen, I came here, I have no documents, I have nothing, they bombed my house, but I'm Jewish and I'm from Hadad and I need a place to stay. What should you say? You tell her, uh, sorry, I cannot help you. I have enough guests already. It's a situation that, you know, they are literally on our doorstep. We, we cannot away, uh, you know, get away with, uh, only with empathy and love from far away, from overseas. They are here by us. And another one is coming. So we started to rent rooms and apartments, but it was complicated. 
the financial situation that cost a lot of money and they come more so we decided to go bigger and we just rented a part of the hotel w3 by Hilton which is a big Congress hotel in Warsaw so you're putting people in hotels in Warsaw over somewhere so where are you getting the funding for it but prior to this war in Ukraine you had you're taking care of your Chabad house in Poland you have so many refugees that are coming in uh, with they need housing they need food uh, they need to be taken care of also they came with nothing uh, on the backs so of where you're getting the funding for it how are you able to to manage we, do, we work very hard on fundraising. We got some money from the from few private people in the United States who helped us in the beginning, and then it was not enough, and we started that charity campaign. And uh, slowly the charity campaign uh, took uh, picked up, and both of them we have got already fifteen hundred donors who donated various amounts. And I must say that this is encouraging us that we are not alone. There is an who is watching and uh, trying to give a hand and uh, back. Of course, we raised so far about $250,000 and we need a million dollars because each month here is uh, enormous cost and we don't know how long it's going to take and we must be ready for the coming three months, two months to be ready not to be each month as a kind of uh, an emergency but uh, we need to start everything from the beginning. We need to make a, a little setup here with infrastructure to be able to to absorb enough refugees and to treat them properly and help them to continue to their next destination. Now it's so important that we're going to ask people to help in just a moment. I'm calling actually to anyone who listen to that who can support to sponsor one refugee per day, per week, per month. Our daily costs are about $9,500 daily. So any donation really helps us to to maintain this massive operation. And that where you can donate online is charity, that's C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Pletum. Pletum is spelled P-L-I-T-I-M. Again, that's charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Pletum. Uh, we appreciate the all that you do, Rabbi Shalom Bear Sambler, the Chabad rabbi and the Chabad head of the Chabad in Poland, Chabad Lubavitch of Poland. I was just curious, with Pesach behind us, was there a problem with getting matzahs? Because usually Ukraine supplies the matzahs. Where did you get the matzahs for Pesach this year? We got them from Ukraine and from Israel. Oh, they had matzahs coming from Ukraine still, even with the war? There is a massive breaking today, two massive breakers in, in uh, Ukraine as well. And they were able to, even with the war, they were able to make matzahs for Pesach? Yes, and we got also from Eretz Israel. Yes. Wow. And my, my, now we started off with that. You had a busy day, and we appreciate I know it's late night for you in Poland. You went to Auschwitz, and it's a long trip. Did, was anybody from Israel that also came in for the Yom Hashor commemorations with any international leaders that came in? Yes, yes. There were, there were delegations from Eretz Israel. There was the mayor of Yerushalayim, Moshe Leon, with his father and family and delegation of the city hall. And he was a speaker there, and he spoke a very, very moving speech. His original family is from Greece, and uh, some of them died in Auschwitz, some of them survived. And he was talking from the, from the stage. He spoke to his father, who was sitting in the, in the crowd, and he said, the father, Abba. We are here, and we remember, we remember our grandfather and grandmother, and we have children, grandchildren, and uh, 
we remember Yerushalayim and the link to Yerushalayim to all this memory and the strength to, to, to overcome all these uh, Shoah and so on. And uh, that was a very moving speech. Well, that was very moving what you were doing, Rabbi Stamler, you and your brother and all those that are helping Ukrainian refugees get back on their feet. New life, they come without any clothes, without any shelter, without any, anything, and you're providing them with food and shelter and a new life. So everybody who can help, please go to Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, Charity with a D, standing for dollars, charity.com slash pletim, P-L-I-T-I-M, and see how you can help Rabbi Shalom Abair Stamler and his Chabad in helping the Ukrainian refugees. Rabbi Stamler, thank you for what you're doing. May God give you the strength. I know you're up from early morning to late at night. I'm sorry that we kept you, but you're doing this amazing work. Thank you very, very much, and I wish all of you everyone's Thank you. That's Rabbi Stamler, live from Poland. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the most important Jewish institutions in the world today is TalkLine with Zeb Brana. He is so smart, and he is so innovative, and he has so many interesting guests. I don't know what Yiddishkeit, I don't know what New York, I don't know what the world would do without Zev. So Zev, Yashikach, may you go from strength to strength and keep keep informing us and educating us and keep fighting for Jewish values. Thanks for listening. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the talklinenetwork.com.